time, a screenplay by Curry Donnell and Don Solo. It's 1981, and Bruce is a super genius who works for the Defense Department. The top secret project he's in charge of is a DNA locator. It can find anyone on the planet. He's also the synth whiz of a band on the verge of making it. He loves music, but it's the government gig that pays the bills. The band has an important show with a record executive. However, the military wants to see proof in the morning that the DNA project is feasible. Bruce's boss demands that he stay and finish the project. Bruce must make a decision that will decide his future. Bruce chose work over music and was kicked out of the band. However, the military was impressed with his DNA locator. Coming home from the presentation at 4 a.m., he plays his keyboard when a hologram of three people appears. From the year 2095, if you step through the time transporter, you can see the results of your work. On the border of his waking mind, he's not sure if this is real or it's a dream. Either way, he takes the step and disappears in time. When the scientists brought Bruce into the future, everything changed. Without Bruce's DNA project in 1981, the military lost their rigid control over the world in 2095. And they want it back. They make him homesick for the past, but the scientists try to keep him by giving him an android version of his beloved Julie. That only makes him miss the real Julie more. A rogue scientist helps Bruce send a message to Julie in 1981. The message? I'm far away, but I'm trying to get back home. They're caught by security, and a shootout occurs. <laughs> Bruce and the scientists survived the gun battle, but they were arrested and taken to the prison section of Satellite 2. In the mid-21st century, the moon was obliterated by a meteor. It was quickly replaced by a man-made moon called Satellite 2. From Earth, it looked like the old moon, but as the shuttle got closer, that image gave way to a steel-plated orb with a red band around the center. Confusion during booking ensued when fingerprint scans showed no sign that Bruce existed. When he said he was from 1981, the officer thought he was crazy. Would Bruce get thrown into a late 21st century insane asylum? The rogue scientist convinced the authorities on Satellite 2 to let Bruce go. He was returned to Earth, but not just any place on Earth. It was his old hometown. Despite the towers of glass and hover cars, he could still recognize his old stomping grounds from 1981. It was then that Bruce had an idea. If he can't get back to his beloved Julie in 1981, maybe they could bring her to 2095. And that's when he saw her walking towards him. Not in his mind's eye, but here, in 2095. The Julie walking to Bruce was the 2095 IBM version. On their way home, they looked through the showroom windows where robots built androids. This is where I was born. While watching the assembly process, Bruce saw an arm carrying one droid's purple glass heart. A gear stuck, the arm jerked, and the heart fell to the floor where it shattered. Janitor droids cleaned up the mess and dumped the shattered remains in a bin with other broken hearts. The android was taken to a room out of sight, and everything continued like clockwork. As scheduled, it was a dark and rainy morning in 2095. IBM Julie passed the word on to Bruce that the time transporter had been destroyed in the gunfight. Resigned to the fact that he's now stuck in the future, he had the latest 21st century biotech installed. With corneal implants, he could get weather schedules, news, and private messages scroll across his eyeballs. It was then that a message came in from his rogue scientist friend. It read, 
A brand new time transporter has been built. With word that a new time transporter had been discovered, Bruce assembled a small team to get it and send him back to 1981. Once in the complex, Bruce spotted a device that lets him see the past. Bruce's rogue scientist friend Mel reminded him that it takes time for the device to get going and time is not on their side with this break-in. But Bruce insists on seeing what happened to Julie after he left. Mel reluctantly activates the device for Bruce to watch Julie on October 17, 1988. Without Bruce in her life, Julie had taken to drugs and turning sexual tricks for cash. Bruce screamed, no! and Julie looked up. Not only could Julie from 107 years ago hear him, but so did security. Bruce and his group were on their way to Prison Satellite 2. Bruce couldn't get the image out of his head of drug-addicted Julie working the streets selling sex. That never would have happened if he hadn't stepped into the future. And on top of that, he was looking at 99 years on a prison satellite. Because there was no record of his existence until two days ago, the law figured he was a terrorist ringleader looking to muck around with time. For two months, he was locked away in his cell, obsessing about the harm he caused 114 years ago. And if he'd ever see daylight again, let alone get back to 1981 to put right what once went wrong. Bruce's cell door opened 10 minutes early. There were no guards. A note fell to the ground. On it, instructions for a jailbreak. Bruce wasted no time. He went to the shuttle designated on the note. Once there, he punched in the destination code, and instead of heading to court, the shuttle was on its way back to Earth. However, Satellite 2 security was soon in pursuit. He figured if he landed in his old hometown, he'd know the area better to evade them. That is, if he could figure out how to land the thing. Bruce landed the shuttle hard and blew out the tires. As sparks flew, fire ensued, and the ship started breaking up. Bruce ejected just before the whole thing exploded. He landed softly, but police sirens weren't far off. Bolting for his old home, he sees his hover car outside his house. He jumps in and speeds off to the temporal lab. The cops pursue. Bruce beat them to the lab. He pushed open a back door left unlocked and dashed to the time transporter. The cops burst into the building. The time transporter is preset for 1981. Bruce finds another note from the scientist who arranged the jailbreak and time escape. It read, use what you've learned and they'll kiss the ground you walk upon. Bruce pushes the button just as the cops burst into the room. He disappears. In 2095, every tracking device mounted to the buildings vanishes. Bruce returns to 1981 at the time he left. He destroys all of his work on the DNA tracker and calls the band to let them know he's quitting the government gig and going full on into music. Julie happens to hear this and is delighted, but there's no time for celebration. He must get to his office and destroy his work there. Once there, they see two people rifling through his stuff, a government official from 2095 and a reprogrammed IBM Julie. A fight ensues between all four of them, until 2095 Julie shoots fire out of her arms, setting the building ablaze. Bruce kicks the briefcase with the DNA tracker secrets out of the official's hands, and into the fire just before the time transporter returns Julie and the official to 2095. As Bruce and Julie see the briefcase with his project burning in the building fire, he takes out his government ID and tosses it into the flames. After walking out of the building, Julie says, Why don't you write a concept album about all you've just been through? Bruce gives the idea some thought. 